The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now here's your host, Mary Woods. Welcome to One Hour at a Time with Mary Woods. I am your guest host, John McAndrew, again today. And uh, I got a lucky assignment. Uh, We have a good show today and it's about music and a very special person that does a lot with music and recovery, and she's combined her passion for music and recovery into uh, something that's helped helped a lot of people. And her name is Kathy Moser, and she's an award-winning songwriter, performer. And she has uh, several albums, and she's toured nationally. But for the past five years, she's been doing workshops and performances for the recovery communities, and she's giving people tools to explore and strengthen their recovery skills through music, through songwriting, um, and writing original songs. And these workshops have created uh, a pretty big body of recovery music with titles like Fake It Till You Make It, which we'll hear in this section, and several other titles. She's performed at Father Martin's Ashley, Alina Lodge, uh, Cape Cod Symposium, many places. And uh, we would like to introduce Kathy Moser. Hello, Kathy. Hey, John. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm really excited to be here today. Well, it is our pleasure, and uh, I uh, really enjoy music. I am... You know, I'm a musician myself, and music is a very powerful tool, and and, uh, I've been doing some research on your stuff, and and, uh, what what you do is very, very powerful, and and I have a little sheet of quotes of some things that people have said about your presentations, and I I will share those in a little while, but I, I, I think our listeners would like to know a little more about you and where you're from and how you got here and how you've learned to give us this special gift. Well, first of all, I just want to say I'm really I'm really thrilled to get to uh, connect with you. I did a little research about your work also, and we're definitely birds of a feather, so very happy to connect with you. Um, so I have been playing guitar since I was 10, which is almost 40 years now, and um, I just... It's always been magic for me, and it's always been powerful for me, and... Um, You know, my early playing actually led me into the culture of drugs and alcohol, and um, which is something I regret that those two things are connected. So a lot of Mm -hmm. my work is about telling people the truth that if you want to have successful creativity and really joyful creativity, that being clean and sober is so much better for your art form, whatever it is. so about 16 years ago, I had the great gift of getting a second chance in life, um, and I stopped drinking and doing drugs, and, uh, you know, I got that chance, and I took that chance, um, and kept playing music, although sometimes it was tricky. Um, I had to learn a new way of being with it, um, 
a lot of that around like self-care and support and confidence and practicing and just a lot of different ways of being more solidly grounded as a person. Um, and then I started touring. And at some point, I just realized that this process of creativity just in so many ways matches and mirrors and reinforces the process of recovery. So um, I got a chance at Alina Lodge to start doing um, songwriting workshops with um, 25 to 30 people in early recovery. And, John, we do this crazy thing, which is that in two hours, we write, rehearse, and record an original song on a recovery topic. Awesome. It's possible. I know professional songwriters like you do what? Um, But, you know, it's a a structured process. I'm like the midwife of the song. I always tell people I'm the midwife, not the mother. Mm -hmm. Um, And we focus on a particular topic. And uh, we've written some songs that we've then been able to take out and play all around the country for other people. And writing songs with recovering people for recovering people has just been really powerful and fun. Um, Mm -hmm. And giving people a real hands-on way to um, take this very mysterious process of recovery, it's just hard to look at it, you know, and see how it's going to go. But we can sort of miniaturize that process in two hours through the process of writing a song. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, um, and it's really fun for them, isn't it? Yes, a lot of people, like I always do evaluations, and people say it's the first time they've had fun in a long time or that they didn't know they could have this much fun being sober. Um, And I think joy is, you know, I mean, joy is, of course, the theme of the whole deal. That's where we're headed. So um, to give people a chance to safely relax and let go and be goofy and make mistakes and stay relaxed because um, lots of great stuff was discovered by mistake, like, well, for example, America. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, it's a great way to have fun. I, you know, on this next question, I think I know the answer. It's kind of a loaded question because I, I have been in that place, and I can almost sense, you know, the first time you went in and did a presentation at a treatment center and, and that happens quite often for musicians, but not all musicians acquire and develop a, a bit of a program and something that can be used and identified and explained, you know, to the clinical people, this is what we're going to do. But those first couple of times, how did you, uh, you, you had to have realized at some point, you know, I could do this again a little bit better, and then the third time you start to see some things happen, and it almost it almost happens to you, doesn't it, in the recovery community? Oh, yeah. I mean, I always feel there's like, there's most, more often than not, there's an extra magic in the room mm-hmm. that happens, because I literally, I go in with a lot of tricks up my sleeve, but I still go in with no preconceived notion of what we're going to write, what kind of song we're going to write. Um, but like I said, I do have a lot of ability to create and provide structure, but one of the cool things for people is to say, we're going to start at 12 with no song and we're going to end at two and there's going to be a song here. And that's just like recovery. Like you're just going to walk into the unknown and we're going to do it together. Mm -hmm. And when did you first come up with the idea to do that? Was that, uh, early in your recovery that you figured out, you know, this is something I could do at a treatment center? Or did you go first to perform and then realize there's a program I could develop here? Um, I, well, you know what? It's actually interesting. It actually rolls all the way back to my own choice to get clean and sober, which is that I had this opportunity 
um, about 17 years ago to create a recording studio program for the Boys and Girls Club of Newark. Um, oh. And we created a recording studio program where we wrote and rehearsed an album with 200 kids in six weeks. And I was still, I wasn't in recovery yet. And um, I thought for sure they would drug test me. And I really realized, like, at that moment of clarity, like, I did not want to lose this gig. I was not willing to lose this gig over my drug use. And um, it's one of the things that propelled me into it. Um, so it wasn't until about 10 years later that I tried it at Alina Lodge. And, um, you know, I did a one-off for them, and they hired me. And then I did a one-off for Gosnold on Cape Cod, and they hired me. Awesome. Um, so you came in with these tools and, uh, as you say, some tricks, you know. So you were pretty good at that. So the, the missing component was, was your recovery. And do you believe this helps you in your own recovery? going out and doing this? Oh, absolutely. Because um, one thing, I um, I previously taught guitar a lot, and um, I would have to model what I was teaching. So, for example, mm-hmm. if I made a mistake during a lesson, I needed to remain relaxed about that because I was always trying to teach my students to remain relaxed when they're making mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so many parts of this process um, that I just have to practice. I have to um, be relaxed. I have to allow myself to go slow. I have to stay open-minded. Um, it's also definitely in terms of courage and confidence. Like I was saying before about I sort of had to reintroduce myself to my creativity with a stronger foundation underneath. In other words, um, more self-care, more spiritual development, in order to get up. And, I mean, I work generally in gender-specific groups a lot of the time. Okay. So I'll walk into a room of 25 men who are all in early recovery and mm-hmm. tell them that I'm going to be in charge of them for the next two hours. So that definitely, um, you know, that authority can only come from me from, like, um, you know, practice, rehearsal, prayer, meditation, and preparation, sure. you know. You, um, you mentioned something interesting, and we've spoken to many musicians on this show, and uh, I know personally going out and performing in my old life and then uh, what happens going into the new life is, of course, the audience for me had to change. I could no longer be playing for people kind of in the problem. And, you know, my music and what I wrote took me to a different place and hopefully to the solution, you know, but completely different audience, you know, and uh, where people were actually looking at you and listening. And uh, do you still perform, you know, what I call regular gigs, you know, out in the real world or, or are you primarily in the recovery community performing? Oh no, I have a solo career, but I play I play acoustic folk music and so I'm playing all I I don't play in bars. I mean, occasionally there might be an open mic in a bar somewhere yeah. that I might drop in on, but um I play mostly in listening rooms and you know, it's like upgrade number 986 of being in recovery, you uh-huh. know. Yeah. Better audiences, better better playing environments. Um So well, yeah, I do I do um I do uh a lot of other kinds of work also just, um, you know, in my own private music career. So, yeah, I do okay. often when I'm touring, I'll do um, recovery shows and then I'll go do solo shows. Great, great. I understand. Well, let's let everybody hear you sing. And, and um, I think the first song we're going to play is Fake It Till You Make It. And can you give us a little uh, history? 
history on what this song, where this song came from, came from, and how it was recorded, etc. Right. Well, so all the songs that we're going to be showing on the uh, playing on the show today were not written by me. They were written in workshops that I facilitated. So I cannot play you the original recording because of the people were in a medical uh-huh. facility. Um, so this song is called Fake It Till You Make It. It was written by the women at Alina Lodge um, in 2009. And uh, what was cool about this song in terms of letting the process unfold is what we thought was the bridge actually turned out to be the chorus. Um, uh, and this is a really catchy little tune. So you're going to just hear a little clip of me doing a little sketch of it for you. Let's listen to Fake It Till You Make It. Change allows me Accept my future and my destiny And I can love the person I couldn't see The person I was intended to be Fake it till you make it agitated Fake it till you make it I'm frustrated Fake it till you make it Make it become something that's real Fake it till you make it agitated Fake it till you make it I'm frustrated Fake it till you make it Something that's real Faith can change your Your very soul Like a diamond Like a diamond From a piece of coal You start with just the smallest hope That voice inside your heart just spoke Frustrated, fake it till you make it, make it become something that's real. Fake it till you make it, agitated, fake it till you make it, I'm frustrated, fake it till you make it, make it become something that's real. Finally, find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family center recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back to One Hour at a Time. We are talking today to Kathy Moser, singer-songwriter extraordinaire, and she does a lot of stuff uh, with people in recovery. And before we took our break, we just heard a song, Fake It Till You Make It, that Kathy performed that was written by the women at Alina Lodge. And she she can explain to you more the process of, of, uh, you know, the songwriting and uh, for people in recovery. But... uh, Kathy does. She she has a sheet here, and it's called The Gifts of Process of Songwriting for People in Recovery. And it's very, very powerful. And this comes from experience and uh, and knowledge and uh, just seeing this work in the communities. And I, Kathy, if you could explain this a little bit to our listeners, The Gifts of Process of Songwriting for People in Recovery. Sure, John. Thank you. Well, the first gift is just to take a process and miniaturize it because the process of recovery is so amorphous and hard to get your hands around. So we get to actually participate in a low-risk experience of a process unfolding where we start with no song and we end with a song. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a next gift that people mention a lot in the evaluations is the gift of sober fun. Um, we learn that we can relax, we can be silly, and we can have a good time as a group without drugs and alcohol. And for a lot of people, that's just news, you know? That's good news. Um, one of the gifts of songwriting process is the gift of repetition. And I happen to be a big fan of the gift of repetition uh-huh. because repetition is such a simple tool, and it's so powerful, and we just don't see it in the world. So if you're a musician, you know that 10 is a small number. So if I ask someone to do something, you know, seven or eight times and we support them as they're doing it, they can actually go from not being able to do something to actually being able to do it just by nature of repetition. Um, And the gift of imperfection, you know, um, so many of us get hung up on things not being perfect, but art is just, it's a study in imperfection. And the way that you get better as a musician is you go to an area that you're not good at, that you're not good. Like, say you want to learn your jazz player and you want to learn blues or rock. So Mm -hmm. you go into an area where you can't perform well and you stay there until you're good. So in order to do that, you need to be just really gentle and loving with yourself. Um, So just being relaxed with imperfection. Um, The gift of going slow this is a this is such a huge gift. A lot of times, especially with like the hip hop songs, um, you know, you're going to throw those words out really, really fast. And um, I always make the analogy of the movie uh, Finding Nemo. There's this fish in that movie who starts pretending that she can speak whale, and she's speaking <laughs> really slowly. And this is a gift that we can give ourselves just to allow ourselves to slow down. And so many times, there's things that we can't do simply because we're trying to do them too fast. Uh, yeah. um, so this is a powerful tool. 
Um, and walking into the unknown, you know, a lot of us start recovery very strong, and then we get to a certain period where it just feels like it's not working. And this is the same in songwriting. Often we'll have a lot of good ideas at the beginning, and then in the middle we'll hit a point where it just seems like we can't figure out what to do. And the trick at that point is to just keep taking the right action in the direction you want to head in. And also, I know you know this as a songwriter, you go back and do the part that you know is right, that you know is working, and then you leap out from there over and over again to see what happens. Right. Um, the gift of the group, like, the more different kinds of people you have, the more kinds of solutions you have. Um, and tolerating difference leads to success. And so many times it'll be someone quiet who does not perform and is not like an upfront person um, who will just, might be a wordsmith. And they just quietly write, like, the, you know, they, they solve the problem of the lyric that we're trying to create. And they just quietly do it on the side and hand that piece of paper in. Um, there's just so many different talents that people bring to the process. Um, and the gift of service, you know, knowing that you're writing a song that might go out into the world and help somebody else. Right. Like, so many people may have been brought down by music because of its association with drugs and alcohol. So I love the idea that somebody might get the message of recovery through a song and that the song might be working in that format, you know, in that direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and mistakes, you know, so many things like that song, Fake It Till You Make It. When we wrote that song, we thought that Fake It Till You Make It hook was the, co- was the bridge. But then when we hung out with it, we realized it was actually the chorus. And in the creative process, that's not a mistake. That's just a learning. You're just becoming more aware of what something is by virtue of spending time with it. Um, So, and then finally, the gift of completion. You know, I don't know about you, but in my old life, I definitely was not big on completion. So, um, you know, as a midwife, I make sure that this song gets born in our two-hour session, and we literally go from no song to a completed song. Um, right. two hours. So those are all the, those are some of the gifts. Right. And I, you know, I have to tell you, I, uh, did a program in a prison and I know you've done this before and you talk about that quiet person and, and it was a pre-release program at a prison in Tennessee and we were doing a 10 week program. And part of it was that we wrote a song and the inmates wrote the song of which, uh, we recorded, but unlike your music, we couldn't play this in public. It was <laughs> it was tough and rough around the edges and, and the language. But the quiet guy in the room, like you you had said, showed up the next week, came back uh, with some books by Shakespeare. It was uh, it was mm-hmm. cathartic, and started to talk and said, "This is the way Shakespeare writes." And so he started pulling things out and telling the other guys that they should be a little more specific in the way they say things. Mm. So he became the teacher over a period of 10 weeks, which is a long, drawn-out thing as opposed to doing it that day. But what a gift that was to see that happen in this guy's recovery. Because they lift their heads up, don't they? And they yeah, start, and they, they, start and they grin. And, you yeah. know, we had an experience in uh, Gosnold on Cape Cod where someone... We were in a facility where people were very new in recovery, and this one guy was shaking so badly, and he wouldn't pick his head up and make eye contact with you. Um, we met him the night before during the performance, and he just only said his name and kept his head way down. And then when we wrote the song with them the next day, 
and I ask at some point, I have the music, we have the music happening, and we have the lyrics, but nobody's sung it yet, so we literally do not have a melody, and I ask for someone to be incredibly brave and just come in and jump into space and try and sing this thing, and this guy says, I'll do it, and in my head, I'm like, you? (laughs) I just couldn't believe it, and he got up, John, and he sang like uh, Tom Waits. And that uh-huh. shake that he had in his voice from detoxing was mm-hmm. so musical. It was so... And then when we played it for other people later, they were just they were just like, that was Dave? And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. Um, so you just never know, you know, what happens when you create this safe, loving space for mm-hmm. people to relax into. And did you get to talk to him afterwards? How did he feel about it? He felt... You could see him come out. Like, I have to say, he was deeply shy. And he... He picked his head up a little bit and, like, gave me a little bit of that, you know, sparkle in his eye and put his head back down. But um, so he opened up a little bit, which is, you know, that's all you can ask from someone who's just met you for two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I know that I happen to go up there four times a year, and it's a long-term program, so I see some of those guys again and again. I didn't see him, but I saw some of the men who were in the room that day. And I swear, it was the room went crystal. It was just like, it was like a miracle happened, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and who knows the gift he gave to everybody else by not being who they thought he was, you right. know? And so you're the midwife. That's such a beautiful way to put that for this process to happen. Let's listen to another song, and I want to read. Um, When you do your workshops, you have handouts. All this stuff is really well organized, and we'll give uh, give your website, I think, right here. It's pretty easy, www.kathymoser, K-A-T-H-Y-M-O-S-E-R.com. And when you do conferences and workshops, you use these handouts, and there's a particular song here called Change, and this is what you have written about it. It says, change is really is a really exciting place to go, but it can feel pretty confusing and overwhelming. Locals have discovered that going slowly can make the whole process a lot more enjoyable. Embracing the local custom is always smart when traveling in a foreign land. Just remember, slow does not mean stop. So in your workshops, Kathy, um, with the handouts, there's a particular song and a topic here that I'd like to uh, talk about, and then we'll hear hear the song, I Am Open, which was written by the women of Emerson House. And uh, let me read what you have written here in, these, in your handout. It's called Open Mindedness. What if we'd been wrong all along and the world wasn't the way we thought it was? What if that was good news? So many of the ideas in recovery are contrary to our nature, which is why they work. You can practice staying open-minded for a few minutes at a time. I think that's very powerful. And can you tell us kind of how this song came about and maybe some specifics about it? I'm open. Yeah, we wrote this song with um, the women at Emerson House, and they were exploring the topic of open-mindedness. And what was super fun about this song is uh, we had a, there was a girl there who sounded so much like Janis Joplin, and we had a really fun time writing this blues song. Um, and it has a progression in the song about, you know, wanting to be open-minded, praying to be open-minded, and then feeling like you really are open-minded. Awesome. Let's take a listen. I need 
to find a place to make a stand I'm so sick of all my ways and all my plans Arms outstretched though I'm unsure I want to believe love and be pure I always find myself wherever I go But I am open to something more than what I know I'm open to letting go I'm open to go with the flow I'm open, let go of the wheel I'm gonna take a chance and tell you how I feel I'm praying for open ears to stay open-minded I can hear perfectly fine but my views are blinded I'm looking for change but I can't seem to find it I hit the bottom and that's when I decided I always find myself wherever I go But I am open to something more than what I know I'm open to letting go I'm open to go with the flow I'm open, let go of the wheel I'm gonna take a chance and tell you how I feel We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. If you have a child in your life with autism, there may be a lot of questions that you need answered. What if your child has recently been diagnosed? Or maybe you have a question about treatment that your child is currently undergoing. For answers to these and more, tune into Autism Spectrum Radio. Our guests will include parents and experts to discuss current experiences, treatments, and breakthroughs for those living with autism. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back to One Hour hour at a Time with Mary Woods. I'm your guest host today, of course, John McAndrew. We've been talking with Kathy Moser, and she she has a very powerful program, which she's done around the country using music sort of as a guide through the journey of recovery. I want to remind you her website is www. 
www.kathymoser.com, and that's Kathy with a K, A-T-H-Y, M-O-S-E-R.com. And her videos are also on YouTube and the songs. And Kathy, we just heard uh, I'm Open, and it's very, very powerful. Not only the way these ladies wrote it, and you were the midwife of this song, <laughs> but, but also the way you performed it. And uh, this, I, uh, I guess, you know, while listening to it, and I've, had, I've experienced this a little bit myself, I can just see... I can see them doing these things they're talking about as they're singing it, you know, letting go, go with the flow, let go of the wheel, mm-hmm. take a chance, tell you how I feel. Could you tell our list? I just, I see this very powerful moment when these ladies finish that song. My goodness. Well, you know, there's powerful moments all through it. I think one of the most powerful moments is when it starts to work because, you know, some of them have never seen me before. They've never written a song before. They can't really believe this is going to work, which is so about is how so many of us feel about recovery, right? We have, like, no idea how it's going to work. We come in and they say, like, you know, it's going to get better, and we're like, we cannot see how it's going to get better. Um so to me, one of the magic moments is when it first it, when it first catches and the lines first start to flow, and they see their group make this specific powerful message start to come. Um, and then, yeah, definitely when they're letting go and relaxing, um, you can see that it works. Um, and then also, like I said before, you get to see people have um, their talents come out. And I think one of the another really powerful part in the process is that when people take a risk, you know, a lot of people have um, have done a lot of risky behaviors when they were in their previous lives, but when we come into recovery and we have all of our feelings, you know, taking a risk is, like, really frightening. And I'll have people that I know have done, you know, illegal things and gone to places that you wouldn't want to go and done all kinds of really frightening things when they were using um, and then to be in a room of their peers and, and they're clean and sober and to stand up and try something in front of a microphone. You know, I've had so many, like, tough guys that get up and they're like, I'm like, come on, didn't you, like, go score drugs illegally somewhere? Didn't you do more dangerous things in your past life than this? You know? But a chance to provide the opportunity to feel that, you know, it's it's a physical feeling a lot of us have when we're really um, flustered or outside of our comfort zone. Like, all the good stuff happens outside the comfort zone. So to be able to lovingly support people creeping out of their comfort zone and let uh-huh. them have that feeling, like, have it in rehab, you know, or have it in a safe environment so that when you go to apply for a job or ask somebody out or do any of those things that are so hard for us to do once we get into recovery, you know, you at least have one in the bank. Like, okay, well, at least I stood up that day and sang in front of my peers, which yeah. is something I thought I'd never do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and it's just it's beautiful to watch, you know, the way the recovery community is supportive of of that activity, you know, yeah. and when someone steps up and they take a risk, you know, always the people in the room, first of all, they relax more, um, and, and they're just so encouraging. Um, it's, it's really fun. I, uh, once in a while go to a place called English Mountain in, uh, here in Sevierville, Tennessee, and, uh, we do an all-day sort of a workshop, and we do some art and, and a lot of music and, and different things, and then we have a talent show at the end, you know. Nice. <laughs> And, oh, my goodness, you know, it's so fun to watch. 
because once in a while someone's really good, no offense, uh, I mean actually very professional, has done it before. But for the most of them, I, I believe it's a cathartic experience where some part in the brain switches on, and what you're talking about is so powerful. It's not the music, or it's the fact that they can do something they're so afraid of doing, and they're in front of their group, and there's something safe about that little room after a little time, isn't there? At yeah. first, um you know, here, here's a quote that I think says it all, and, and I'm just talking about these people being so afraid, and by the end of the day, you know, they're all Ethel Merman and stuff. They, uh, <laughs> here's, one, here's a quote that a lady gave uh, about your presentation in Cape Cod. She says, this was awesome, even though I was very skeptical. Thank you. And another person said, uh, we did exactly what we all talked about fearing, working as a group. And they thank you. Yeah, and they say thank you. And, uh, you know, music does something to the brain. And, uh, I mean, they can prove it, and I'm not a scientist, and I'm sure you're not either. But we get to see it happen in these rooms. And I just think that song is so powerful, and I, can, I could just feel it as I listened um, to the song. And uh, I want to commend you for, you know, such great work. And I'm going to give another little piece of information for folks. Can they get lyrics to these songs anywhere? Um, they definitely could just by emailing me. Um, I'd be happy to provide that information. Um, and I just also wanted to say I have a band called The Promises Collective. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these songs you can see on YouTube are actually with a full rock band. Oh, awesome. Um, not just one chick with a guitar, although okay. there's a place for that too. Um, so I travel with, I'm now traveling with other musicians almost all the time. So um, that's been really exciting to be able to bring other musicians in and liven it up a little bit more. Uh -huh. Are you willing to give any more contact information, uh, email or phone? At oh, sure, point? of course. Yeah, my email is Kathy Moser at Mac, M-A-C dot com. K-A-T-H-Y-M-O-S-E-R at Mac.com. And if you're on my website, you can just, you know, click the contact me and that comes right to me. Okay. I would love to talk to people um, just to bring this joyful powerfulness. Um, you know, another quality I was thinking of, John, um, as we're talking, is that part of what makes art really powerful is honesty. Mm -hmm. And... Um, that's like it's another way in which art and, and recovery are, are friends with each other, you know, or have a lot to offer to each other. Because I had a, we were writing a song about hope recently, and um, I had a girl say, I don't believe in hope. I don't, I've tried so many times. And I was like, that's a great first line. And um, so, you know, to give the people the chance to tell the truth about how they feel, you know, like they were saying, and I'm open. I'm going to take a chance and tell you how I feel, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because that's, that's where the healing is. Mm -hmm. Let's listen to another song, and I want to, this one, this title intrigues the heck out of me, and um, I, uh, it's Walking Through This Door. Is, walking is that Through the, This Door, yep. Walking Through This Door, and again, uh, can you tell us sort of where, where and when this song came from, and are you performing this as well, but the... Some of the people you work with wrote it again, right? Right. This was, again, written in the living room of Emerson House, which is a halfway house for women um, uh -huh. at Gosnold on Cape Cod. 
And there, sometimes I ask the facility ahead, you know, is there an issue that your community is focusing on that you would like to explore? I have this word, explorement. It's like explore and experiment mushed together. And she said they wanted to explore their strengths. And mm-hmm. so we were talking about experience, strength, and hope. And um, one of the girls said, my strength is walking through this door. And then the girl said, and my hope is what I'm striving for. And wow. um, this song, wow. I definitely feel like, you know, it's music and it's magic, and it's it's the spirit and the art combining in this song, in my opinion. We just, you know, every once in a while there's just a miracle in the room, and for the, me this song was one of those. Mm-hmm. So those first two ladies really started the song, didn't they? Yeah, definitely. And then, you know what, again, in the honesty thing, this one girl, she said, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to feel it because I don't want to deal with it because I know I'll have to heal with it. I was like, you just wrote the bridge. And oh my goodness! She, and she wrote it out of like arms crossed. You know that attitude. I am not oh, into I this. I don't want to feel it because I don't want to deal it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was the bridge. And to see her like feel accepted because in her telling me the truth about the fact that she completely wasn't into it. And then making the song better as a result, like, that was just magic. It, it is really magical because uh, I like to tell them sometimes that you're the experts here. You know, you mm-hmm. know these, it's all inside of you. That's, I, that's why I, I so love your description of being the midwife. You give birth to everything that's so special about them, you know, inside. And it will come out, you know. It's like when people get to recovery, they, they think they don't know how to pray. You know, mm. and they do, you know, they just have to be just encouraged a little bit and babied and have a midwife in the room. So let's listen to Walking Through This Door, again, uh, written, uh, written by the women at Emerson? Yeah, Emerson House for Gosnold on Cape Cod. Awesome. Let's take a listen. Just trying to feel whole My experience Where I've been When I got here I realized who I was again I realized who I was again And my strength Is walking through this door My hope is what I'm striving for With every baby step What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned 
common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Every weekend, take some time out of your schedule for new reflections featuring Dr. Adam Rubenstein. It's a show about all things aesthetic. From skin care to plastic surgery, health and beauty, you'll learn about the aesthetic products and procedures to embrace or avoid. Each show will feature live, virtual, interactive consultations that you'll be able to follow along with and featured guests from the world of beauty and aesthetics. Listen Saturdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, for new reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back to One Hour at a Time with Mary Woods, and this is John McAndrew. I'm the lucky guest host today to be talking with Kathy Moser, a singer-songwriter, and uh, she is a midwife of recovery <laughs> songwriting, as she's described. I am, I am totally enamored, enamored with that vision, uh, giving life, giving birth to, to songs uh, in places of recovery, and we've heard some songs already that the the participants at uh, some of the places that Kathy works um, has has uh, they have written and uh, we just heard walking through this door and uh, it's just very very powerful as you give birth give life to these you know thoughts and ideas that are in these uh, you know people's hearts and minds starting out in recovery and uh, I know you work. There's a lots of there's lots of styles of music as we know as musicians. So how do you try to tap into everybody's taste? Uh, how do you light up some people's heads that you think might like it? You know, a different type of music, and how does that work in your songwriting workshops? Well, anytime you're going to work with a group, you're going to want to do some kind of warm-up icebreaker. And so always in the beginning, um, as I'm getting to know people, I'll ask them what kind of music they're listening to. Um, and, you know, a lot of times in rehabs and in recovery, um, we have this thing that does not happen enough in our culture, I think, which is that all different age groups of people are mixed together. And this is another way in which recovery is like music. Like in music, if you can play, we don't care how old you are, you're in. You know, and in recovery, if you need help, we don't care how old you are, you're in. So um, sometimes I'll have situations where part of the part of the um, participants are older, you know, um, and then part of them are younger. So some of them might be into Broadway and some of them are into hip-hop. And I love this because we just live in the ghetto of our age groups in this culture, you know, but recovery gives us a chance to not be in that ghetto anymore and get out and mix with the whole crew. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, I had a great moment at, um, at Katamit, which is another Gosnell facility, where um, a younger person in the middle of the workshop said to the, one of the older women, he said, like, hey, Mary, you know that word that we use, word? Like, this is where you use this. <laughs> she was like, here's the context for that slang word. And she was like, oh, cool, word, oh, I got it. An interpreter. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But again, a beautiful thing to see this cross-pollination of the different ages uh, helping each other. Um, so the next song that we had talked about, this song, Transparency, uh-huh. you know, in uh, Alina Lodge, we have these older women, one of whom actually had sang on Broadway, um, and then these younger women who were totally into the hip-hop uh, gang culture. And um, you know, we were able to write a song that blended those two things together. Um, and that's just, you know, we want to make sure that... Um, Again, if we're going to reach people musically, if you love country music, you know, I can't help you with a heavy metal song. Like, it's not going to reach you. So what I'm so happy about is we've been able to come out with some, you know, harder rock songs and some some um, hip-hop songs and some funk tunes and some blues songs and some mm-hmm. um, and then some mashups like Transparency where it's, it's Broadway and hip-hop mixed together. Oh, oh, interesting. So Transparency, that's the next song we're going to hear. Where was, uh, what facility, uh, who wrote the lyrics for this one? This was written at Alina Lodge. Um, okay. And what happened there is we did have this um, girl who was like a very prolific, um, proficient rapper. And what we did was we were talking about allowing people to see the real person, um, transparency. And it says, the chorus says, I don't want to hide the authentic me, see what's inside, transparency. And, um, mm, good. So people talked about uh, their authentic selves and what how what could they be authentically now that they were having the opportunity to be in recovery, and then um, as they spoke, the girl, this this one particular girl was able to just just put it into a lot of poetry. Um, and like some of the lines are like, "Get out of my head, get out of my way, have an attitude of gratitude, be willing to stay," um, and just to to go back to that gift idea um, is that to teach these older women how to rap was give them a hands-on way to, A, have fun, B, really work on slowing stuff down, and see the power of repetition. You know, uh-huh. so we ended up with these older women who just, you know, were never had rapped in their life, might have never even listened to it, who ended up, you know, creating this beautiful thing, and then they taught the younger girls the three-part harmony stuff, so it was oh, super uh, fun. And so you're performing this version, correct? Yes, and again, people, these are just little sketches that I made because I can't play you the original version from the facility. Let's listen to Transparency. I don't want to hide the authentic me See what's inside Transparency You ever get lost in the fog inside of your head You don't want to be here and you don't want to be dead the thoughts keep on racing and you don't want to think So you shoot up that poison and you drink on that drink You know living this way ain't good enough for you It's so obvious when the tape plays through You're tired of the questions, you're tired of lying Your addiction tells you give up, ain't no point in trying You're tired of complaining and you're tired of being screwed And the question they keep asking you is what you gonna do? What you gonna do? What you gonna, what you gonna, what you gonna do? I don't want to hide the authentic me See what's inside Transparency Well, welcome back, and we just heard Transparency, and obviously different than the other songs, and uh, Kathy talked about the experience of the people writing this song, and I just think that may be one of the most powerful moments in some of those folks' recovery, and you talked about the girls teaching the women how to rap and and the older women teaching the young girls how to do three-part harmony. 
all the gifts that you talked about in the beginning of uh, the program, gifts of repetition and service and mistakes and completion, gifts of slowness, all those are displayed in, in all these songs. Um, and that transparency song is really a good one to show at the end of the day all the piles of gifts that have been laid at their feet, you know, after a day in, in one of your workshops. And I just, uh, I think it's very, very powerful what you do. Are you, where are your next uh, workshops or performances or anything you want to tell us about in the future, Kathy? Um, let's see. I'm actually, you know, there's more and more facilities uh, opening up that are just like almost like cafes or clubs for people in the recovery community. Um, and January 5th, 2013, I'm performing at the New Leaf Club in Philadelphia. Um, it's actually in Rosemont. And the, all the information is on my website. And it's a space that, um, you know, they have yoga and they have meditation and they have a coffee house. And um, it's just set up as a place for recovering people to come and be in the community. Um, I'm also really looking forward to, I'm about to go out to Colorado, and I'll be playing out there um, at Reach Recovery High School. As some people may not know, there's lots of recovery high schools popping up around the country, giving younger and younger people an opportunity to go to school in a sober space. Oh, um, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'll be out there in January, which if you're going to go to Wyoming, I would recommend the summer, but I'm going to be going in January. Um, uh-huh. I can't wait to work with those kids again. Wonderful. And your workshops, I, um, there's going to be many listeners that we hope will be interested in contacting you about maybe coming to their facility. So could you just tell them how to best do that? Um, sure. Just contact me through my website and just um, let me know where you are. Um, you can also see my schedule. I'm traveling around the country, so I may be near you, um, but I'm happy to travel. I can usually book a bunch of work in an area. So um, I'll be going to Florida in February. I'll be going to California in May. Um, awesome. So I would love to come work at your facility. Well, and I hope I run into you. We've been We've had a wonderful show today with Kathy Moser. We're going to go out with, uh, we're going to play a little bit more of, uh, of transparency. We want to thank you for being on one hour at a time. Uh, I know the listeners would want to thank you, and, and uh, we just pray to give you more energy to keep doing what you're doing, the, the midwife of recovery music. <laughs> thank you very much, and thank we'll you, see you next thank week. You, thank you. We appreciate you joining us today for One Hour at a Time. Successful recovery from a substance abuse problem or mental illness depends on education and support of loved ones. Thank you for being that support system. Be sure to tune in next week for another hour of education and compassion. One hour at a time. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.